the Bible Study Podcast, episode 466. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Proverbs with chapter 5. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. This is an odd episode because this is the second time I'm doing this episode, not because I lost it, but because after I recorded it the first time, I started thinking about the chapters and I found that I had something different to talk about. Let's read Proverbs 5, Warning Against Adultery. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths wander aimlessly, but she does not know it. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house, lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to the one who is cruel, lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich the house of another. At the end of your life, you will groan. When your flesh and spirit are spent, you will say how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instructors, and I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. Drink from the water of your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares, let them be yours alone, never to be shared with strangers. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breasts satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Why, my son, be intoxicated with another man's wife? Why embrace the bosom of a wayward woman? For your ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all your paths. The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sins hold them fast. For lack of discipline they will die, led astray by their own great folly." That's the whole chapter here, and rather than breaking it down, I wanted to do kind of an overview of this whole section here. The first time I tried to do an episode on this, I talked a little more about Solomon, and it's ironic that Solomon is talking about adultery since Solomon's parents, David and Bathsheba, met through an act of adultery. But that isn't the direction I want to go. I want to focus in instead here on the wife of your youth. Now, if you're a woman listening to this, you could take everything that Solomon is saying, except perhaps her breasts, and switch the male and female pronouns, and I think it's just as good a wisdom. It's just in those days, we have to think about where opportunity was. And so Solomon is addressing men in a very male-dominated society. There wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for women. And so this is good advice although it's very male-centric. But I want to focus in, again, as I said, on the wife of your youth. The reasons why those words started to reverberate in my mind after I had already recorded this episode is that I had a wife of my youth, who is still the wife that I have today. My wife and I were married when I was not quite 21 years old. 
just to put that in perspective, we were married in California where it would not have been legal for me to participate in toast at my own wedding had there been one. And so I was pretty darn young at the time. In fact, the statistics are that someone who was married at the age that I was in the society where I live, 75% of those marriages don't make it to five years old. Now, in November, assuming that I don't screw up between now and November, my wife and I will celebrate our 35th wedding anniversary. And during that time period, I have been with my wife and with no other women, which is good because that would be wrong. (laughs) But as Solomon is implying, there can be that temptation Now, he talks about the lips of an adulterous woman uh, dripping honey. Uh, That isn't necessarily that attractive to me. But there were definitely times between that I do and that 35-year wedding anniversary that's coming up when I was tempted as a man, as a husband, to be unfaithful. Not a lot of specific times. I don't want to give you the impression that I was, you know, just about to knock on some hotel door and and turn around, but there were definitely times when our marriage was more at risk. And that's where some of the advice here about, now then my sons listen to me, do not turn aside from what I uh, say, keep a path far from her, do not go near the door of her house. That I think sometimes that we avoid those temptations by steering a wide berth. I think of Billy Graham, who early in his ministry, he had seen some very well-known preachers who had gotten caught up in sexual scandals where they had been on the road a long time and they had had some uh, adulterous affair with somebody. And he said he didn't want that to happen to him. And he didn't just assume that because he didn't want it to happen, that it wouldn't happen. Instead, what he and the people in his ministry decided is they set down some ground rules. You know, he wouldn't ever be in a hotel room alone with a woman. He would never be counseling a woman alone. He would always have other people with him if there was a time that he wanted to be talking with someone. Because he didn't just want to avoid the temptation. He also wanted to avoid the hint of impropriety. But also that sort of putting the boundaries is something that I think helps you Avoid. It's like going, not going near the door of the house. I've done a lot of traveling on business. One of the places I don't hang out is the hotel bar. And the reason for that is, one, I'm not that great a drinker in the first place. It's not that attractive to me. But also, my impression is that sometimes we hang out in the hotel bar because we're looking for something other than just a drink. Right? There are places that I can go while I'm on the road, while I'm away from things, while I think that nobody is watching that would put me in more danger of temptation. And so it's important to remember when Solomon says, for your ways are in full view of the Lord and he examines your paths. It's important for us to remember that God is watching. And, you know, I'd like to say that I'm good at that in all areas of my life, but there are places where I'm doing the wrong thing, even though I know that God is watching, but at least in one area that I haven't screwed up, not screwed up yet at least, is is this way. And 
you know, temptation comes from all sorts of different things. One is when you get married at 20, you're different by the time you're 55, right? You've gone through different portions of your life where you have changed, where your wife has changed, where you're, you know, not the skinny guy you used to be, where she's not, you know, quite the same that she used to be either, where, you know, where gravity hasn't been kind to either of us, where we got more wrinkles and all those sorts of things, those kind of changes. But also you're just, your personality has changed a bit over time. You've gotten more confident or you've gotten less this or that. So you've changed, and so that is something that can pull you apart. And then you also go through tough times. I think of when I was working on my master's thesis shortly after we were married, and my wife was difficult to live with. I have to be honest, during the time I was working on a master's thesis. And I, I told her this. She's aware of this. And, you know, strangely enough, when I finished my thesis, she got much easier to live with. Now, she thinks that's because I was under sudden great stress and was more difficult to live with. We know that's not true, right? Or perhaps it is. But certainly, even if it's just because I had less patience and it's the same things that bother me normally and I just had less patience for them or whether it was just that I was so difficult, there are times in your life where you're stretched. And there are times in your life where you get tired of what you have and you start to look around and you think something else might be better. And I can think of times when I was tempted, times when I was in a you know midlife crisis and was pulling away from church and was pulling away from jobs and was you know in temptation of pulling away from my marriage as well. I think of when my mother-in-law came to live with us when she was almost 91 years old because she took a fall and couldn't live on her own and that stress that that added. And I honestly did not know if we could make it through that extra added pressure. When she finally died almost three years later, it was sad, but it was also a sense of accomplishment of we did it. We made it together and we're stronger together than we were probably at the time in our lives when we started that. And so there's some wisdom in what Solomon has to say here. I don't know that I won't screw up in the remaining years of our life. I was going to say I can't promise that, but of course I have already made a promise that I'll be faithful until death do us part. But I don't know that there's any other promise that I can make that will says that I won't be that I won't screw up. But I look at what Solomon says about at the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are spent and you will say how I hated discipline. And I look at that regret that he's talking about. And the one thing that I'm clear on is that I do not regret having chosen to be faithful. I see what we have built. It is not perfect. Um, Our friends who look at it from the outside would say we have a pretty good marriage. You know, obviously they haven't seen all the rough times we have gone through. But I think they're right. I think it's good. And I have not regretted making that decision to marry my wife, but also to continually commit to that relationship and continually to commit to this is an area where I don't want to screw up because, of course, if I screw up, it doesn't just affect me. It affects my whole family. Anyway, I wanted to give that a little more personal view on this particular proverb and the wisdom that Solomon is talking about here. I pray this week you and your relationships will be made even stronger and that the promises you've made will continue to be important and central in your life going forward.
With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.